0: The ultimate playlist podcast full of choice track i'm Dietrich. i'm brandon i'm damon and i'm taj hey everybody welcome back to the show for those who don't know we're guys who like to get together and talk about music that we love and uh we have a couple of sides that we do that with side a is when we have a theme you pick tracks to go all that coincide with that theme and inside b there's homework that we actually go over an album and um you know, talk about the album of the person chose that was, as far as our choice album as far as choice tracks. Let's uh, go ahead and drop the needle on side A. All right, so for all of y'all who were born in the 1990s, I feel sorry for y'all. I have no idea what real music is. And just for that fact, what we're going to be talking about in this episode of The Theme is Um, songs that were out in your first month and year. Um, well, we just skip it at birth month. So in my choice, um, I went to top 40s and it kind of took me back in this situation, mainly because, um, when I started off DJing, the first thing I did was try to go through record stores and go through actual album crates and pick up all albums and things of that nature. When I got into the digital age, um, I actually, you know, started downloading by top 40 each year so I can just get a, Nice little rack of songs, you know what I'm saying, accumulated. And I always thought it was interesting to look at the songs that were out at the time that I was born. So. I was born July 16th, 1978. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there because I'm old as hell and I don't care what y'all say. Uh, And in my situation, top song that was out that year was actually funny to me because I liked the group, but I never really liked this brother that was halfway part of the group, not really part of the group at all. And it was Andy Gibb. Um, the song was called Shadow Dance. And so I picked that song because one, I love the BGS. Um For those who don't know, Andy Gibb was the youngest brother of the group or other, other brothers. Right. So um, he got the baby boy syndrome where everybody else was out doing their thing. He was a little kid that was running around. Him. Um, and they also co-wrote a lot of his song, like all four of them sat together and actually wrote this song. And then they were at a studio session and it took them about 10 minutes to come up with the lyrics and everything. And then they wrote it out and then bam, he had a song. He released it. He had two other hits that were out before this one, but this one actually went to the top of the charts, uh, for that time period. And so it was called Shadow Dance and. The song itself, you know, it was about basically dancing in the shadows when you have screen up and nobody can really see what you're moving or doing. But I always equated it to love because back in the 70s, every song damn near was about love. Some way, <laughs> shape, form, or fashion. Making love, having sex, whatever you want to call it. But it was love on the dance floor. So what do y'all think? So
1: I I never heard the song before. Um, it uh, it was it was interesting. I liked it. So it was for sure disco. Uh, there was in the year I was born, there was a lot of disco too. So was like I had listened to quite a bit and I was like, okay, th- this is this is cool. So hey, I didn't realize it was the number one uh, of that month. So but I was like, okay, it was
0: yeah yeah. I give it its props. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'll say that. De- definitely Disco sat sat at the top of the charts for like seven weeks. This is back when the songs actually lasted longer than 20 seconds on the charts. <laughs> right. <laughs> back when a song for a little while. Before it became old, so yeah, it was kind of cool. What else? Brandon, what you got for you, man? I like Taj's response. It's like,
2: tell me how you kind of like disco without saying that you kind of like disco, you know? um, know? Anyway, uh, go back to our episode about disco songs to go have a deep dive into who actually likes disco in this group. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, uh, no, I, I dig the song. I definitely am familiar with him. I am more, uh, I, I, I know more songs, uh, from the Bee Gees than I do from him. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I totally dig the song. Um, I definitely came across it during, you know, some research for this, uh, this album or for this episode. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard the song before many times. Um, I still like it. I still think it's a good song. Um, he's definitely not the Bee Gees, but it's still, it's still quality and I still enjoy it. I still like it. Um, it's got a nice groove to it. He's got a, a good voice and uh you know, I get down with it. It's it's good. And uh and I was one of the one of the one of the uh, hosts that actually likes disco. So in case you don't have time to go back and listen to the episode.
0: Oh no, you're gonna have time to go back and listen to the episode. You have to <laughs> But what's funny is, this is always like, there's always one that doesn't want to be a part of the crew. Like, if it, wants to be a lone wolf, he wants to do his own thing. Like, he could have easily just fit right in and it just would have all been fine. No, he wants to do his own thing. So, I always found that funny. Like, you always look back, especially big families, and especially if they have, like, a musical background. There's always that one kid that does not want to be part of the crew, no matter what. Mm, he's yeah,
3: like the Michael Jackson of Jackson Five, right? Dude, <laughs>
0: He's like the Randy or the Tito. Tito, oh, okay. He wants <laughs> right. want that own single, his own career, but he doesn't really quite take out because he's too adequate to, or he's too acquainted with for everybody else. Everybody else is like overshadowing him. Whatever reason.
3: felt, well, you can't go wrong with that Andy Gibbs hair, man. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah? He's got the, the stallion hair, yeah. I think he was competing with his brother, but uh, anyway, yeah, I, I you know, I was probably like non disco fan <laughs> <on> the disco <laughs> album, but I did find some cool, shit, and this ain't one of that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Uh, so like something like Shadow Dancing, it's like, it's a cool song. It was probably topping the charts, you know, when it was playing on the radio, when it just came out and everybody was dancing to it and they all looked like Andy Gibb. They all had that hair and the, you know, the clothes. That was the style. That was, that was the cool thing. And I could see some of this coming back, but like in a different way, you know, but yeah, I didn't, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't sit down and listen to disco. On purpose, but I might hear it in a movie or you know, soundtrack or something. And that's that's where I would see this best placed choice track. Not for me, but I could see why it's why it's a hit.
1: Why it was a so, hit. So, Diedrich, just ask because I, I was going to go over this when we get to me. But did you want to cover any of the other songs that were during your birth month that you thought about doing or that you were like on there?
0: No, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> reason being is because there, it was a lot of songs on that list that I like. Okay. And, but the main thing is it's like if I start picking them then I regret the pick that I went with <laughs> okay gotcha I gotcha and, and don't get me wrong I actually did like the song like I, I heard the song probably when I was like 10 um, okay. first time that I heard it and, and the reason being is because I have an aunt um, who was like the biggest Bee Gees fan in, in my world so anything about the B.G.s, especially Andy like she was all over it and had like all the posters and, and all the albums and, and actually that's who got me into actual album 45s and all nine because she had a whole collection of stuff. So just for the fact of um her being the biggest fan, and it, it kind of took me back to that time frame of being around her and listening to the records and scratching the records and she being pissed off and wouldn't talk to me for like three days. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what gentle touch. Gentle yeah, touch yeah. back then you're like what? I just I just moved to the next song like, and yeah! scratching it all up all of shit. Oh, so man. Yeah, trying, but, to,
3: trying to create a rap or something. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Oh, nah, but, you yeah, know like I, I, I wasn't even thinking about rap. I was just like, just move the needle. I didn't even think about picking it up. I just you know, move over to the next song. Yeah, don't like that. Move over to the next I mean, I love ship. the idea They're of never... a record,
3: but why would they make something that
0: could break so easily? <laughs> Especially if you have kids. Damn it. That vinyl was vinyl it, man. It was never <laughs> yeah. meant to be kids' hands to begin with. So. Yeah.
1: sounds so good, though. It does sound
0: great.
3: You know
1: what's funny? That's one of those skills that, like.
0: You you could tell if somebody
1: could be a doctor or not. <laughs> Earlier, on, you, you can't do that nowadays. But with a record, you could be like, if they could lift it up and put it right where the starts, <laughs> like, like yeah. they have a promising
0: career as a doctor. you, know? you have to be a doctor. doctor <laughs> Like if you were pretty good, yeah, like, yeah, he's gonna be somebody when he grows up. <laughs> right?
3: You could pass this doctor game, and you could be a real
0: doctor. Right. That's what
3: I see in your future. <laughs>
0: Oh man. Yeah, there's actually one of the songs that is on that list, but that's actually like one of my, one of the four. Okay. Right. All right. So next up, Matt, Brandon, give me what you got for a pork chop.
2: All right, man. So, um, you know, it's funny is that when I was looking at, uh, top 40 songs in the year I was born and the month I was born, um, shadow dancing was still on there in the top 40. So. Um, I did not pick that because that was never going to be my choice. Um, <laughs> not that I have anything against the song, but it was not going to be my choice track. We're not hating it. So. Anyways, um, yeah, man, I went with something completely different. And uh, the song I picked was actually Life's Been Good by Joe Walsh. So Joe Walsh was part of the Eagles. Uh, this was a song that uh, was first on the soundtrack to a movie called FM and then was also released on his uh, solo album. Uh, I think it was called But Seriously, Folks. Um, the song originally was, well, at least on, on the album, was over eight minutes long. But it had a radio friendly version that was a little bit over four minutes. Uh, the song actually peaked at number 12 on the billboard. Um, did not get to number one. It is not, you know, as popular as, a uh, as shadow dancing, uh, dancer, whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, um, the song itself. I've always liked it. I couldn't tell you when I first heard it, but I totally dig the vibe of this song. The, the lyrics are very humorous. Um, it is a song about the excess and antics of being a rock star. It's a little bit semi autobiographic, uh, for Joe Walsh. He's even admitted it. Not all of it's completely true. Um, but it's just a great song with a, with a great hook, a great beat. You know, I like the blend of rock and blues and reggae. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a chill song, man. Like all eight minutes of it, it never gets boring or the four minutes of the radio version. If that's what you prefer, if you can't get past, you know, four minutes. Um. But yeah, man, like totally dug it. Like I you know, I, I definitely knew every song that was in the top forty. Uh and this was the one like right when I saw it, I'm like, it's probably gonna be this, but let's give the other ones a, a listen. And then by the end of it, I'm like, Yep, just go with your gut. And uh that's my choice, man. Life's been good for me so far. Uh <laughs> by Joe Walsh.
0: So nice, nice. I love the satire in this in this song man this this is so this is so much of a Joe Walsh song only because when you listen to it you like get the feel of where he's coming from and it's in a joking matter but I can totally see where some of this is actually real life like you got you bought a house you, you've never seen it but you heard it's nice <laughs> you got a Ferrari he goes 185 but you lost your license you can't drive it's like you yeah, know I can see that totally being a rock star lifestyle you know you you do some of the craziest shit, and then you don't really like pay any cost for it in the initial part of it. And it's like, yeah, that's what everybody thinks of when they think of the start. Like you live this exotic life, and and you have all this stuff that you know basically at your disposal. And it's fun. He made it. He made it fun, and I like it.
2: Yeah, and it was also Joe Walsh's biggest hit as a solo artist. His biggest hit, and again, it only it only peaked at twelve, but still, great song.
1: I had, I had heard the song before, so it, I I liked it. I didn't. I'm not sure that I knew exactly who the artist was, but I know I had heard the song before. Um, yeah, it was a really good song. I, the, I guess I'd listen to the long version because mine had the weird ending where it's like if there's some wine or was it wine babies and then they're just like wine
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: you're, you're like what, what is this like <laughs> yep Brandon picked this that's for sure <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like uh, but yeah, it, it, the the tune itself. I mean, yeah, the the lyrics were on point. But yeah, the whole tune itself, like it, it took you for a ride. and I liked it, you know, the musically for for sure. So
0: yeah,
3: yeah. it's like this is the song for my retirement <laughs> <laughs> or my midlife crisis or whatever. I'm I'm Joe Walsh on this album cover. Uh, yeah, I love it. I think he's looking at a swimming pool or something. With his clothes on, and, like a dinner table behind him. <laughs> Uh, he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. I think it's it's kind of like, it, it, yeah, it's like the story of you know the American dream falling apart. It's kind of how I looked at it. But yeah, I've always loved the song. I've always loved the lyrics, and you know, you can hear it in bars and stuff, and wherever you hear it, you know, it's it's great. But yeah, I
2: hope I can't relate to it too much. <laughs>
3: So why did you, what uh what was the main draw for this again like Brandon? Um
2: I just I've always really enjoyed the 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 beat, the music, yeah. the lyrics, his voice. Um I don't know, it just you hear it like it's just a song that uh resonates and and you hear it you don't forget it. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think it stands out, uh, you know, like, I mean, there's a lot of songs, of course, that, uh, were in top 40. And I, I just, that, I think it, uh, it's very unique from all the other ones, especially for that era. You know, a lot of the music, some of it sounded very, very the same. Um, you know, and, and this one stands out, you know, like it's a rock song in, in, uh, in the late seventies. And, you know, that, I don't know. It was cool. I just think the song's cool.
1: Wait, so th- I will say this that like it it stands out like lyrically like uh it stands out like uh, Act Naturally by the Beatles because <laughs> you know where it's it's a song about just being like just life in general like a weird aspect of life and and so that's why I didn't really know who the artist was but but yeah that's where you know it was that quirky. Lyrics where, like, <laughs> you're just talking about your your life, you know, an aspect of life that's not normally covered, I guess.
0: But yeah, Yes, that lifestyle, of like rock star. <laughs> right? Yeah, so. nice. Okay, cool. Well, I appreciate you picking that, Matt. That was a real good thing, bro. Uh,
3: so I, I, uh, I like this little band called Foreigner. Um, actually, so I that? Never, what's
0: that? I say, who are they? Oh. <laughs> right it is a little band uh, order like you play in a cocktail hour like
3: yeah they're definitely not little uh, so this is a band that uh it's i saw them live i didn't think i would ever see them live but i really enjoyed the show i thought that uh they put on a great performance uh so mick jones is one of the founders uh, you got somebody from Keen crimson uh e mcdonald he's uh also like a co-founder of the band. So you already have some talent there. They had some people come and go. They're still, I believe they're still playing. I mean, I, I saw them not too long ago, it was just a few years ago and, uh, really good show. Um, I can't remember who opened for them, but, uh, Yeah, we were really pleasantly surprised and I I was kind of like almost thinking I was going to like not like it and it's, you know, not because it's like one of my, what is one, one of my mom's favorite bands, but, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely great live, but, uh, hot blooded was a song that came out in 78 as a single. And it also came out on the album. So that was like, that was something that uh, I heard on the radio a lot. That was a big hit. And I think it was a top 100. Um, I think it's been a hit for a while. It's always like, it was for a while, it was top in charts. But I think a lot of their stuff foreigners just yeah big band kind of up there with journey uh, the uh, the album's double vision that it came out on but it was like i said it came out as a single as well so that's where i think it topped the charts the most as a single but that that was uh a yeah, well summer hit i came out hot-blooded so there you go so, what,
1: what why you look at me <laughs> <laughs> all right um yeah, I I know for sure I know this song. This song is like one of those that's like in the zeitgeist. Like you, you you either know this song or you don't know this song. And and I knew this song. Um, I can't tell you when I first heard it. So it's a good summer summer jam. Um, uh, you know you know good you know party yeah, on really the beach is. with the yeah, bonfire it really is a good
3: summer song. Yeah yeah <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> You know, when when you're trying to make some moves, you know, if you have somebody to make some moves on, but yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Were you making moves on the beach? Uh, to hot. Weather? No,
1: no, oh, okay. I no, I wasn't. <laughs> so, but I can't imagine if I if I was, I would play this song. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so.
3: Yeah, I think it's like a lot of their stuff was is off that album really good. Double Vision's a great album, but um. <laughs> hot-blooded. I never made out on a beach to it or started any okay. fires, you know. <laughs> started any fires. So. I think it was plain when I came out of the womb, though. It was like... Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: little
3: <laughs> uh, we'll, so. we'll image there for you, Tash. <laughs> gotcha. going up the rock pine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: I came out with devil horns up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so. so When you hear this song That's what you think of Taj Making out at the beach <laughs> I don't know It's like a
1: party walk-in song Like you know this, this is You you, you yeah. play this when you're walking into the party You know And you're trying to catch everybody's look You know,
3: Are you combing your hair as you walk in
2: And this is playing <laughs> Yeah yeah, right. okay, I can see that uh, okay. More so than the other way um, Yeah, no The song's good um, You know, I definitely came across that That song as well uh, Doing my doing the research uh, So, could have been my choice It wasn't, um, of course Because I already, I already told everybody What it was um, But, uh, yeah, no, no like, I, I do like Foreigner I think I liked Foreigner more when I was younger hmm. And I don't dislike foreigner now but um it's definitely not my favorite foreigner song but it is still a quality song um it is hard to listen to it all the way through now because i'm like okay i get it you know like i've heard it so (laughs) many times that i'm kind of sick of the song but it's not a bad song by any means you know what i mean like but it's just it played on the radio constantly and still plays on the radio constantly it still does uh you know it's a hit for a reason, but it's it's like it's not my favorite foreigner song, but you know my favorite foreigner songs were not uh in top forty that month so um but yeah, no right. the song's good. I just you know I'm just kind of tired of hearing it, you know so but it's still yeah. good.
3: And I think I, I, part of the reason why I picked it was because, yeah, it was a band that I thought was good enough to see in concert. So, like, I really do enjoy Foreigner, and I grew up with that around me. But, yeah, like, if there were other songs that were top of the charts right then, my birth year and months, yeah, I probably would have maybe yeah. maybe looked at a selection of them. But Hot-Blooded has a cheese factor, but it's a good cheese factor. Kind yeah. of cheese, you get sticky you all your hands and lick off the cheese, you know?
0: Cheeto cheese. I will be washed your hands first. <laughs> oh, oh right. yeah, of course. <laughs> So you talking like Cheese Whiz? Are you talking like the the cans? Oh yeah,
3: stuff? I just take Cheese Whiz, spray it on my fingers, lick them off. <laughs> you know? No, 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 Cheetos, Cheetos. You know okay. what I'm saying? Cheetos. <laughs> cheese. Yeah. cheese Whiz. You could like pour it in your mouth. Next episode, cheese episode.
2: <laughs> cheese episode. <laughs> Favorite song. cheesy song. <laughs> cheesy song.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so as far as foreigner goes, this one, I, I definitely know. I definitely heard. Um, I, I know it very well. I almost had like a, not just trying to throw it left for anybody, but I almost had like an R. Kelly moment in there. You know, was talking about, you know, um, um, are you old enough? Um, you know, I'm, I'm calling your bluff. I'm like, wait, hold on. What? Um, it kind of kind of caught me for a second. Maybe that's the old like dad of me now. Cause I don't want my like, 17-year-old daughter coming down the street listening to High-Blooded. I'm like that's 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 not really what I need, but right, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't need that in my life. But for me, you know, going out, I can see you know me banging that while I'm driving in my Trans down T top. You know, got the got the tunes playing, getting ready to go to the beach. Um, hop out of my speedo, looking for some females, try to you know drink this twelve pack of beer with me. So uh, I definitely understand where that's coming from. It's <laughs> So, you know, everybody knows what you're hot and ready for. And we ain't talking low seat, like, (laughs) you know what it's about. So. Um, you know, they, I pick politically the by anyway. any means. Yes. um, they, they definitely, you know, try to put it out there as it is. And, you know, what you see is what you get. So I do love foreigner for that. Um, as far as it being a good song, good pick, yeah, definitely. I can see it as a good pick and it's a good party track as well.
3: I, I do now have a different perspective through the <laughs> R. Kelly in there. And, you know, he's, yeah, I guess he is talking about how old are you? Yeah. But you he's know, now, like the 17 year olds or something. Yeah.
0: What I mean it's, it's, it's back in that time frame when. You know, it was it was somewhat It was okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: Jerry Lee Lewis style. Not as <laughs> kind of bad, but you know, just a little you know, a little bit on
0: right. the edge there. I'll put a whole other perspective on the song. Right. But,
1: so, yeah. so anyone else get the image that they could just flip the whole thing and make it cold blooded and be about how you're a cool reptile person? <laughs>
3: <laughs> or a cold blooded killer.
1: <laughs> the last
3: thing I would have thought was like, oh yeah, it's a, I'm like a reptile fan, I like going to the zoo
1: well, no, yeah. because you're a reptile, you're cool you know, I'm cold-blooded <laughs> check and see how cool that's I am you know?
3: maybe like what you'd sing to your preschoolers you know, <laughs> to get them to learn about animals yeah Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm not a dad, so I don't know where you're coming from, but yeah, that's cool are you a about the pictures on the kids? <laughs> no, that's not going to happen I don't think the Warner signed up for that one. Yeah.
1: So, uh, no. All right, I, I just check in. You know, I
0: have. I don't know. So. Oh, now I see somebody make this on a commercial. <laughs> all right, it's going to be on TV somehow. It, it could be a Geico commercial. You could have a little of the Geico guy
1: singing cold that is.
0: That ain't so gonna
3: happen, dude. Uh-uh. That's why you're <laughs> That's why you're not a record producer, Tosh. Right.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: you could be, I'm just saying. But uh yeah. All right. So with that being said, hey Tosh. Yeah. Montage.
1: Oh, you you want wanna know my pick? Um oh, so, over there. Oh wait. <laughs> oh man.
0: <laughs>
1: I can't say my pick.
0: Yes, you can say your pick this time.
1: Alright, alright. So I, I kind of feel like I need to justify my pick, but maybe maybe I don't. So suffice it to say I, I listened to all forty songs. Um half of the bands I didn't know, half of the songs I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> on my <birth. laughs> So, um, but there were some big ones on there that I skipped. So th- there was a, you know, there was an Aerosmith song I could have done. There was a Boston song. Uh, there was an ELO song and a Queen song. Um, you know, uh, did, you the, did you pass all the good
0: stuff then and went they, to some?
1: Yeah, I, I, <laughs> pretty much I did. I passed all the good stuff. Um, your
0: bottom out of the list,
1: <laughs> right? They, well, they were yeah, they were near the bottom. That's for sure. So that they weren't at the near the top uh, one thing just it, it, that I'm going to say in passing because it was it was number 7 so I looked up top 40 the week of my birth so I was born um, in December of 2000, uh, 1976 so th- there was an actual list for like top 40 ending the week of that I was born so that's why I went off of um, just a funny, funny passing of people that know me uh, number 7 was an Elton John song called uh, sorry seems to be the hardest word uh, that's totally not me <laughs> so <laughs> If anybody knows me, you know what I mean by that. Um, so, uh, so number one, <laughs> the, the week I was born was a Rod Stewart song. I went with number two, and part of why I went for number two is going to be because Brandon's going to growing on this. It's like grown on this because it's going to be like, really, your favorite song just came out like so many years ago. When I first heard this song, I heard it. <laughs> In Marvel's Infinity War, <laughs> okay, and so that's where I heard this song. And then when I heard it on my list, I was like, "Oh shit, it's that song!" And I was like, "So Parva is like it's a jamming song." Parva is because I'm a Marvel fanboy. <laughs> so the song I picked is "The Rubber Band Man" by The Spinners. So. And that song, and I for for a short bit there before Brandon Smith is picked, I was like, yes, I have the longest song of this episode at seven minutes and thirty seconds. Like nobody's gonna beat me. And then Brandon comes in with an <laughs> eight minute song. So, but yeah, that song goes on forever and, and it is repetitive. But for some reason, doesn't feel as repetitive as Hot Blooded. Like it, it, you know, it has some variation in there and it just keeps you jamming along. So, but yeah, so. But what did you guys think of the
2: band, Man? So. Hmm. Well, I'll I'll jump in. I don't know why you feel <laughs> slightly embarrassed for picking this song. <laughs> hey, you know. Kind of-
1: I didn't know if I needed to justify it since I'm not the biggest disco person. And then like, you know, since I don't have a long history with the song. So
2: no, it's totally I mean, at least the song didn't just come out last week. You know, like you've had, you know, 46 years or so to have heard that song. So it's okay if you just heard it a couple of years ago. It's not that big a deal, you know, but at least it's 46 years old and it didn't come out in 2021 or something um you know so um now if you had picked us off for 2021 and you make us believe that you're actually born that year be like okay anyway you smart baby you're a very smart baby Um, so uh, anyway uh yeah no i mean the song is good dude i mean you know i'm not gonna give you you know i'm not gonna give you uh crap for picking a song that you've only heard a couple years ago you know and and props to you for going and listening to 40 songs uh from that that time of uh time of music so because i know a lot of it you probably did not like um <laughs> So, anyway, no, it's a good choice, and it doesn't matter, man, if if it is technically a disco song or close to a disco song, and then here you are going, I don't really like disco, but then your choice track is kind of a disco song. You know what does your soul tell you? And your soul told you you want to get down, and right. uh, and and it's a good choice, man. So uh, kudos to you. It's it's a great song. Oh, okay, thank you.
0: <laughs> and first of all, you did pick a song from a cool movie, so I'm not even gonna give you crap for that. Okay. It's it, it's in the disco era, but it, it it actually has more like a soul vibe to it. It's got okay. a good. Uh, it's got a good feel to it. it I mean, basically, uh, oh, what's the writer's name? I forgot the one that he goes. He wrote for not only the Spinners. Linda. He wrote the um, Linda Creed. Linda Creed was one of them, and then. um Oh, Thornbell? Bell. Thorn Bell. Yeah. So, um, you know, the real driver of the song was Thorn Bell because he wrote it for like. he was like his nephew. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, because his nephew was big, it was getting picked on, and so he wanted to make give him like a, a an inspiration song, um, you know, to rock down the street to and, and to feel good about himself. And, and you know, that, that really that really tells like how music can change somebody's life because just based on that alone, like his nephew knows that a song was written for him and everybody is grooving to it and likes it. And, you know, it makes you feel good inside. Based on that, you know, it, it could have had an adverse effect, but I I doubt it in that situation, just for that time frame and everything that was going on. So, right. it, it's like it actually had a good meaning behind it. You know, yeah, you may be big, but you change the fat into rubber, and basically comes down. And when he gets the jam, you can't stop, and everybody's jamming with him, and it's like a, a good feel track, good feel song. And you know, just for the fact that was the way that them, them introducing Guardians of the Galaxy and uh into Infinity War, and and that whole situation like I was like I heard it in the movie I was like yeah yeah that's a good one to come into yeah, that's definitely a good one to come into. so yeah props to you man that was a good pick and the fact that you listened to all those songs damn Tosh like they actually have radio back then I'm just so <laughs> no nah, that was a good one man yeah that was a good pick and the spinners
3: are really cool man I, like, I don't know much about them but like I want to hear more of their stuff I want to listen to more spinners I think that this is a great song, too. Like, this is definitely, like, you made it sound like you you picked the worst song on earth. And
1: Oh, no. <laughs> uh,
3: you know, like, everybody was on edge, man. I didn't know what you were going to say. But, uh, right. yeah, you picked a good one. And maybe your parents were listening to this, like, while, you know, you were in the womb and... <laughs> yeah, this might have been their favorite song. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, I like the song. I like I like the lyrics. It it reminds me, like, it, it's kind of disco, but like, it does I can see why if you're not, you're not like a huge disco fan, this would be an okay song to go with, you know? But I think right. that, yeah, the spinners are really cool. I like it. Um, I love, you know, going back to our birth years and reminiscing on what was cool then
1: no, it, and kind of yeah, seeing no.
3: what still is cool, you know?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. no, but... For sure, yeah, I I did like this this assignment, and like I said, there was other songs on here that. Like there's songs on here that were on my birth, month. they're like, Oh, you know what? That'd be a good album to cover. Yeah. And, and so th- there were some days they skipped. I was like, no, you know, no, at some point we're going to do that person and do their whole album. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We, oh yeah.
3: But this is, yeah, this is definitely like, there's like the message in here is pretty good. I think right. but it's also a fun song. So, okay. yeah.
1: So, so one last thing, just in passing, <laughs> uh, There was because I I know I'd mentioned it. Somebody else. There was. um, What was it? The same month I was born. It was near the bottom, but it was um, (laughs) number twenty. Was Duck or Disco Duck Part One? (laughs) Think Think Disco, but with Donald Duck. it was one of the weirdest things to listen to. It's like, okay, like th- this. It, I mean, it was jamming, don't get me wrong, but it's like, it's, it was Donald Duck. And you're like, how did they make this and not get sued? <laughs> but I mean, they never said Donald Duck. It just sounded like Donald Duck. So. <laughs> yeah.
3: Disco Duck, how did you find that?
1: (laughs) It was, it was number 27.
3: Okay. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. That is, yeah, that is definitely, uh, right on par with the 70s. Not making sense. Everybody's getting fucked up all
0: 24 seven. Disco Duck, wow.
3: Our parents got fucked all up right. all the time, you know they did, and then they told us not to not to do bad stuff, right? <laughs> you know why they told us not to do bad stuff because they were doing all the bad stuff. So yeah, Disco <laughs> Duck, right there, it tells you everything. It tells us the story. The tells the story. So okay. Well, um,
2: well, should we go ahead and close that uh, that chapter, that decade, and uh, <laughs> sure. that's how old we are. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um yeah, why don't we go ahead and uh why don't we flip that record and uh let's start spinning side B. What do you guys say? Okay, cool. Um <laughs> <laughs> DJ, you had a homework for us uh for this episode, didn't you?
0: Yes, sir. I did have homework for us, and matter of fact, um, I, my homework was so influential in 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 my life. Uh, I decided to keep us in that decade that you know we tried to run away from so bad. Um, <laughs> no, but in actuality, so let me give you a little background, and then I'll, I'll actually go into the album itself. So, um, me coming up as a kid, I was a single kid, or or only child, for first kid, um, the. The Only thing that I really say that kept me like sane um besides television because I was I was one of those television kids where you place me in front of a television, my parents will go out, go grocery shopping, go to a movie, go do whatever, come back and I'm still sitting in front of the TV. I may get up and go use the restroom or whatever, but I'm coming right back in front of the TV. And one of the main things that once they took T V away from me that I would do is I would listen to music. And mainly because like I said, my aunt um at the time was living with us. So um, she definitely had an album collection. She let me use her record player. And that's, you know, for a good portion of my life, that's what I did. So there were some albums that she had that were just like influential on my life. You know, there were definitely... um Sometimes where it would be music that I had no idea that was out there or existed. Like I learned about country through her. I learned about, um, rhythm and blues, soul, um, funk. Um, I learned about, uh, the blues itself, like so many different albums, so many different fields. And then I came across this one and I actually learned like you can make piano into a rock song and, and, and actually make a great song the way it kind of transcended rock, but it still had a rock vibe to it. And so um album was kind of influential to me because it actually made me pick up instruments and start trying to learn how to play stuff. So here I am not having a single music lesson, but trying to learn how to play piano and hit the right note that I heard in the song. Um, whether it was on piano um, that my grandmother had, she had a stand-up piano, or whether it was on guitar. Uh, there were actually a couple of acoustic guitars in the house that my dad used to play. I was actually trying to be part of a, a funk band back in the day. So it was... It was always something, some kind of music instrument or some kind of music like education around. And so this album really, really took to me because that was one of the first things that I learned how to do was try to play this one song that actually happened to be on that top 40 chart back in 1978 and was going to be my original pick. But I wanted to save it because it was actually my favorite song on this album. And so the album that I'm talking about is, uh, from 1977. It came out the fall of 77 and that was, uh, Billy Joel's The Stranger. And, um, that was to me one of his best studio albums, so to speak. And, you know, he's got a lot of live songs, a lot of, a lot of great albums that have come out. And, you know, to me, one of the influential artists that have come out in, in, in a long time. And I'm not going to put him in my top five, but he's damn sure in my top 10 just cause and I'm just putting that out there so if anybody hates you know shame on you go go eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich and hope you know you don't talk um so I know that, you know, the album uh actually, so let's put it this way. So I know that it was released um, you know, like I said, fall of 77. Or no, let's say yeah, about the fall of 77. And I know that, you know, he had George Martin on there, yeah. Um, he was uh, also played with Paul Simon, you know, he actually had a couple of hits on there, but the main song that was on there that really touched me. Was only the good die young um, that actually you know rose up to the 24th and then came back down and it was number 37 on the top 40 of that 78 year. Um, as far as you know, I'm not even gonna go over the Grammy awards. I'm not even gonna go over all of his background. Um, but I, I know that you know that particular album itself really played to be because he actually told the story throughout the album. And we can get into the fix of what the story is. I'm not gonna talk the whole thing because I want to be able to to discuss what each person got from it, but I'm just throwing it out there as a fact of that was one of my influential albums that actually, like, involved me into music and trying to play music myself. To this day, I can pick up a guitar, play a couple of licks. Um, piano, I'm actually pretty good at, and that's what got me into producing. But for the most part, you know, between him, Stevie Wonder, and um Kirby Hancock, that's what got me involved in producing all together. So I, I definitely, you know, have a, a good understanding of, of this album and the keys and the instrumentation and the note structure and, and how he actually conveyed his music and, and especially in this album itself, because it doesn't sound like all rock. It's got funk value in it. It's got, um, like blues value in it. It's got, um, key notes of, of storytelling within it and it's got slow ballads within it that actually make you want to look and listen and, and understand exactly where he's coming from within you get the feel from it. And it touches the keys and it touches the soul. And that's why I like this out. So keep is short. Um not gonna get into the semantics of it, but tell me what y'all think. Who wants to go first?
1: <laughs> All right, I'll go. Okay, um, man. Uh, so, okay, I gotta be. I, I kind of have two personal stories. One, so the way I first met Billy Joel was, um, I want to say I had bought uh, Fields of Gold and Stormfront. <laughs> I bought those two albums, and I, I loved Stormfront. And then it took me a while to go back a couple of years and, and pick up Billy Joel's greatest hits. And it's crazy because you know, was it like six? want to say yeah six of these songs are on his greatest hits like and so what i enjoyed about listening to this album was like listen to the songs that for some reason didn't make his greatest hits but were like you know these are really good songs and those mainly are are vienna uh get it right the first time and everybody has a dream like it was i I enjoyed like listening to those songs and with the album and the saturday and then i went back and listened to them separately and, and you're like you know yeah th- this album is amazing because like i said both most, most of it are all his hits um scenes from an italian restaurant is probably gonna have to be my pick moving out is really great but like all of them are just smashing jams um so the, <laughs> the 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 other quick personal story i was just gonna mention real quick. So. I know uh, Damon likes to talk about how he almost, how he saw people live, right? So I'm going to mention again, like I normally do, the brief stint of where I lived in Chicago. Uh, I worked at Broadway in Chicago, okay? They did Broadway shows. There was a Broadway show called Moving Out. It was, so would be all the songs sung by Billy Joel, and it was pretty much a musical dance routine. So there wasn't any, like, voice acting. It was just, like, he played the music and they did dance numbers. The thing was, it was going to debut there in Chicago the week that it was going to come out. He went into rehab, so I didn't get to see Billy Joel live. Like I was so pissed. I was like, I get to see Billy Joel live, like at work, you know. I don't have to pay for it. I get to probably see him a couple times, and then he goes into rehab. (laughs) So, but the show itself was good. So, and he came out rehab, and then you know, so you know, props to him. But but yeah, I almost got to see him live, which I. Have yet to, to see Billy Joel live. So <laughs> I'll let somebody else take over. <laughs>
0: all, right, all right, Damon, what you got, man?
3: Okay, yeah, so I I, I have seen Billy Joel live. Sorry. Yeah, great live show, but I did see, I also saw a off-Broadway show called Moving Out. <laughs> so I saw that too but yeah but he wasn't there though it was um, it was off Broadway so it was it was really good but it made me want to see Billy Joe alive and uh, it wasn't for you know years but it was a great show opened by 21 pilots uh, so it was kind of more recent but um, yeah that was that was definitely something that was like it took me back in time and I'm from New York my wife's from Long Island he's a Long Island boy so that's that's kind of like Really cool roots. Um, yeah, he's a New York City guy, and all that. But uh, yeah, that's that's my kind of music, man. Um, so when I heard that, heard our, you know, our homework, I was like, oh, well, this is you, you don't have to twist my arm, you know. But, uh, I could listen to all Billy Joel albums and be fine with it. But, uh, The Stranger is awesome. Vienna is my pick. Vienna kind of is like, I'd say timeless in the way that I feel like everybody's always feeling like they have to, they have to accomplish something in life. But then you just need, you just need to stop. Think about what you're doing, kick back a little bit and realize that, you know, it ain't forever, but you also have time to relax a little bit, too. So that's and that's what I'm always struggling with. Uh, yeah. So that's why I like that song a lot. I like the whole album, of course, I Relate to a lot of their songs, his songs. Um, but uh yeah, Billy Joel, great live performance. He talks a lot about you know his stories and i've heard him in interviews and stuff and he's he's said that he's not really a good like a good vocalist but he just kind of he kind of fell into what he was doing and then it it just sort of happened and then he you know stuff started coming his way and he of course worked for it but uh yeah i like i like those stories someone as iconic and awesome as billy joel didn't even really mean to do that (laughs) <laughs> so, that's what's like so cool about it um yeah i mean i can i could hang with him for sure
0: those natural talent yeah yeah it sucks it sucks when you're a natural talent and everybody loves you on the doors and you're like i really like that shit?
3: yeah <laughs> he's like i don't even think i like it but cool all right <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, uh, he's a, uh, he's a great, a great person. Um, I guess I did sort of like hear, I've heard about his like re- the rehab stuff that he's gone through, but, um, I mean, he's like living life, man. We're all living life. It's tough, but, uh, yeah, slow down. So I like Vienna. Cool,
0: cool. Brandon, hit me with it. What you got, man?
2: Yeah. So you know, my introduction to Billy Joel, I mean, it's it was definitely in the '80s for sure. You know, like like Uptown Girl and and stuff like that. Um, and and I do remember having the Greatest Sits Volume One and Two uh, on CD at some point. I think my first album that i owned that was billy Joel was stormfront uh that was one of the cassettes that i had um you know i didn't have a lot of cassettes but that was one that i did have and then one of the first cds i remember ever getting was actually river dreams which was 1993 um and then you know then i got the greatest hits volume one and two at some point um and you know i think that was my real first introduction to older Billy Joel, you know, like the Billy Joel that I knew was definitely the 80s stuff, you know, like I was saying just a, a bit ago, like with Uptown Girl, you know, most of the songs that are on the Greatest Hits Volume 2, right? Because most of that was probably 80s stuff on the Volume 2, um, as far as I can remember. And when I was growing up, like when I would listen to the Greatest Hits, uh Volume 2 was my favorite because I thought that the songs on the first volume were slow. And, uh, and I, I enjoyed more of the up tempo stuff that was on, on the second part, you know? What can I say? Uptown Girl, man. I just totally dug that song. Um, so anyway, uh, and now, you know, as I got older, all I want to listen to is the first part of the greatest hits. All I want is I want to listen to The Stranger. When I think of Billy Joel, I think of seventies Billy Joel and that's it. Like all this, like not to say that his stuff in the eighties or the early nineties is bad. But like, to me, Billy Joel was is, you know, 1970s Billy Joel. Um, it the, really the, is. The, yeah. the lyrics in those songs, the, the music, I mean, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And, and there's something to be I mean, an album with that many hits is incredible. Like, who does that now? nobody 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 makes an album where you can listen to it and like every single song that doesn't happen anymore very rarely does it happen where you're like i can listen to this album from beginning to end and not hate a single song on here Mm -hmm. um so, yeah. So, no, the, the album itself is, is incredible. And, and, uh, I mean, there's so many good songs. It's, it's, it is hard to pick your favorite. Um, you know, and, and if I had to pick one, it, and it's one that like, you know, came to me later that I really started enjoying more and more. And not to steal anyone's thunder, but it's, uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant is my favorite song on that album. I just, I adore the story it tells. And I also love how long it is. So um anyway, I just, and, and I like how, of course, the, of course. I know, but I like how the music, like the music shifts, you know, like, and, and I dig that when music changes like the tempo. Um So anyway, yeah, no, it's, it's a great album. It's, it's fantastic. You know, I've heard it before many times. Um And, and, you know, I can listen to those albums from the seventies with Billy Joel, over and over again with you know, utter abandonment, like I just, if I'm saying that right, um yeah i just i totally dig that that era 1970s billy joel man um i don't think i'll be revisiting river of dreams maybe ever again but i will don't
0: don't don't say that come on now
2: no no i'm not saying it's bad but like if i if if you had to like pick one billy joel album to bring to a desert island you know you're hard you'd be hard pressed to, to not bring the stranger
0: with you I'm kind of torn right there, because my, I'm, I'm going to be honest, my favorite song is We Didn't Start the Fire. But that's Stormfront. That's that's know, not that's River Story. of Dreams. It's not River of Dreams, I know, but, but what I'm saying is like, I, I actually like 80s Billy Joel, but I love 70s Billy Joel. Like, right. what you're talking about? So yes, it, it but, would be a hard decision to make. But, maybe, if, yeah.
2: well, but I would say maybe it's, it's kind of similar to like, okay, Beatles are better than Billy Joel. For me, anyway. But what I will say is like it'd be hard for me to say like Billy like the Beatles had bad music. The Beatles never had bad music. But if I had to pick the Beatles, I'm gonna pick later Beatles than I am early Beatles. So I'm not saying like I'm not saying what Billy Joel did later is bad. I just prefer Sorry. now as an adult, I prefer the stuff he was doing in the seventies. Like I it resonates more with me. I I get that person more. Yeah. Like I understand him as a person in the 1970s
0: there was more actual like classic music and in songwriting and material and and it's everything that you could grasp onto now where where it was earlier you couldn't really get it so it was easier to jump to 80s Really told, you know, yeah. It yeah, was and Ivy and hippie and 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 and, and more uh, more jingly than it was, you know, in the '70s. So I understand. well,
2: it's it's a great gateway. I mean, like if you're a kid growing up in the '80s, you know, like you like that upbeat tempo stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and and like if you like it that much, you know, then hopefully, you know, that musician did his work, and you're gonna go want to hear his, hear his earlier stuff, and he did that, you know, and and I think that is definitely his best work. For sure. But I didn't yeah. always feel that way. I think I, you know, I felt that way when I got in my 20s. And, you know, I could see where he's coming from. The perspective made a lot more sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so my, my track off of Stormfront is Downeastern Alexis, which has a lot of similar similarities to The Stranger, I think. Yeah. It feels like. So, yeah, it
0: does. It does. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. So, yeah.
1: So, I do I do have a random side question for you guys, okay? Um so it, and and maybe I didn't know this cuz I I looked it up here, but okay. And it, maybe this never happened to you, but when you were way younger, did you ever confuse Billy Joel and Bruce Springsteen? No. Okay. All right. Yeah, the it's boss is his own. Thing, I, I, yeah, but how does the boss <laughs> get the name the That's boss, okay, Todd, but Billy I, Joel I, only gets the name of the Piano Man? I mean, it makes sense, I but mean, like, Billy iconic. Joel really didn't get a title like Bruce Springsteen did, and they're both from the same era. Yeah.
3: I mean, he's got a lot of titles, but I mean, uh, <laughs> Piano Man, it's like, he's the Piano Man. Nobody else is the Piano Man. That's pretty good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, think what, what, I mean, I didn't know that that was his title. I mean, everybody knows the boss's title a lot more than <laughs> they know Billy Joel's title as the
0: piano man. I can kind of see where you're coming from, and, and this is where I'm going to compare it to. Because when you say the piano man, I get, like, back then, I would get crisscrossed between Billy Joel and Elton John. Because okay. I would up and play piano. And so you know, if you didn't really know your touch of music, you were kind of like confused two just by name itself, not by looks're <laughs> not <Right>. by, <laughs> oh, yeah, not by strictly looks. <laughs> strictly by you know song choices and both of them being specialized in piano, like I could see that um in that type of scenario, like I got confused between uh Bruce Springsteen and. Uh, what's his name? Rick Springfield? I can't even remember his name now because I tried to... Oh, okay.
3: like Rick Springfield was a guy, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know. Yeah, yeah, I tried. I always got confused between those two because, you know, they, they had that kind of music in that type of situation. Or or Bruce Spring-Spring and, and John Coker Millencamp. okay. Just, Based on, you know, the feel of the music, whether it was, you know, yeah. all the instrumentation that was brought into it or, you know, all the stuff that you wouldn't normally hear in another rock song. So I can okay. see fusion would come into play. I'm not going to confuse those two that you're talking about, but I, gotcha. I, actually, I have an understanding of where you're, where you're coming from. Okay, gotcha. All right
2: yeah i never i never wondered why bruce springsteen was called the boss like i just you know like i never i never thought about it but I guess, like he's the boss because he's like the band leader baby of the you know of the e-street band i or just because he's you know awesome i, I don't know you just went with it. I got you. I just went with it. Like they're like that's the boss. You got it. You know,
3: <laughs> they're like Jersey Boys, right? Is it Jersey
2: that verse is from? He, yeah, he's Jersey. He's Jersey. Yeah. So like that's a. I think it's a
3: New Jersey thing. I really do think it's kind of like a. It's a lingo. Like it's 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 all the East Street man talk, and you know he became the boss because they're like a family, but he's like he's like a cult leader too. So yeah. You know. <laughs> He's the boss, I'll you know? A leader. Or he's like uh, the mafia, the head <laughs> of the mafia. eating some Italian food. Maybe they eat a lot of Italian food, I don't know. But he's the boss. He's the boss, eh?
2: Boss. He's the boss. You know who's also the boss? Tony Danza. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say I was literally about to go. <laughs> the boss, very true. Very or true. was it Angela?
0: <laughs> ah, it was always Tony Danza. Probably Angela. She's the one to pay them but at the end, she's the one that. uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the boss.
2: Anyway, all right. <laughs> um, Anything else we want to add about Billy Joel, or I guess Bruce Springsteen, or Tony Danza? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, let's let's pull our reality out of Taj's brain for a second. <laughs> Remember that Billy Joel is awesome. That's yeah. right, and yeah, anything from Billy Joel is great. Listen to any of his albums,
0: and uh, I love I love this pick for sure. So yeah, thank you for doing that. Great, I don't mind showing my age. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> It's like so, a fine wine or a cheese right? Yeah,
2: right? So Damon, um, you have some homework for us for next time. Uh, you got, uh, yeah, you, you, uh, you have something. You, this, your choice better be good.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, I got a top, I got a top, Billy Joel, <laughs> the, the boss, uh, any of those other guys out there. Uh, so forget about it yeah forget about it man. yeah so my okay are we going are we jumping into this all right we're doing yeah it. Yep. um i i haven't seen these guys live and I, this is a band i would love to see live but i have to travel for it i know i do because i'm not going to see them here in austin i they might have come through um you do. <laughs> what's that?
1: no I was, I was joking you too <laughs> oh, son of a gun. Yeah. Well, you actually
3: guessed it. Uh, I can't believe you guessed it, but that is so strange, Taj. Wow. Do you have like some kind of like mental. I problem. really guessed it. No,
0: <laughs> i <laughs> <laughs> You kind of gave it away when you say you had to go see them because they're not going to come here. I'm like, right. they not two bands that are too big for Austin, but yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's one true. of the bands that's kind of big.
3: They might they might have come through here. I just, I, I can't remember. Maybe I was too broke to go see them. I don't know. But uh, that's, yeah, that's the one thing I have a problem with is not being able to afford to see your favorite band. But, uh, you know, um, so yeah. So Taj laid it out for y'all. U2 is the band. <laughs> Sorry, we're connected somehow. I don't know. Um, so when I was growing up, I had uh, been introduced to a lot, of, a lot of different music. I think that I was introduced to like YouTube music when I was introduced to like the wu Teen Clan and other bands that were just, like, out of my realm. Like, I didn't know what music was. And my older brother had introduced me to a lot of stuff. My dad had a lot of records they had passed down. Um, I do have U2's Joshua Tree on vinyl, which I listened to over and over and over again in high school. That was one of my favorite albums. Um, and uh this comes after all that. This is U2 and their, well, I, I could say later years, but they're still hitting it hard. And, I mean, they've been around for a pretty long time. Um so this band is Octune Baby. It's a little different from some of their other stuff, but I love the beats in this, this album. Um it's kind of got like uh their older feel mixed with some 80s, but it's got like just great instrumental. It's one of their studio albums that just, I think is one of the best. And, um, I hope you all enjoy listening to this. I, I think there's, it's just a hit after hit. So, so yeah, that's my pick. You too, Octoon Baby. Oh, Octoon with an A. Octoon, okay. Yeah. Octune. Octoon. Octoon. Okay. Ec,
2: octoon. It's <laughs> one of the one of the first cds i also ever owned
3: i also have it on a cd and it was one of my yeah i actually bought it, it
2: again it was a cardboard cd yes it was
3: yeah uh, i love those too because you open them up and there's so much inside the cover and like it's it's very 80s looking but it's like cool montage or collage yeah it looks like a collage not montage
1: but collage okay. um <laughs> Yeah. Okay. okay. Thanks. Thanks. All right. I Name, have not heard yeah. this
0: album before. So Oh, you're but, in for a treat. Okay. Yeah, you're in for a real treat. Now I got mysterious waves running through my head right now. Thanks, but <laughs> <man. laughs>
2: yeah, I think I already know my favorite hit, so <laughs> it's
0: gonna
2: be awesome. <laughs> I, I'm so mad that
3: I haven't seen them live though, because I I I wanted to and they did come kinda close, but it, I would have had to go still like a few hours and I think the tickets were outrageous and um uh, then they sold out real quick and then and, and then scalpers hit. That's the worst thing about trying to see your favorite band is when it gets resold legally through the damn venue. So yeah, right. Yeah. I got my grapes of that for sure.
0: But. We'll we'll see him in Norway. Let's let's make the trip. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: Yeah, as Billy Joel says, you know, yeah, you know, Only you only live once. <laughs> right. so, Y'all, love him. I'm sure he said that somewhere. <laughs> That's a, that's that's definitely his message in Vienna, though. And I think that I'm going to take that and I'm going to go see you two somewhere <laughs> for about $5,000. <laughs> I'm sure you can pay that much. We'll see, probably cool. right
0: about now. We'll see geek and everything else involved. But uh, it is what it is. with YouTube.
1: Right? right. Yeah. Industry shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, this has been Choice Tracks. You can find us on our website of choicetracks.com or email us at choicetracks@gmail.com, at And that's with a Z. So, uh, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go ahead and sign out. i Taj.
2: I'm the boss. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. I'm Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Danny DeVito. No, I'm i uh, <laughs> I'm Brandon.
0: <laughs> I guess I'm... Uh, I guess I'm Damon. Uh, <laughs> I'm a piano man. Uh, take that back. Um, I'm Aliso Milano. No, wait, I'm, I'm Dietrich. <laughs> and uh, it- we're going to pick up the needle, but you keep sitting in those choice tracks. In stereo. <laughs>